Welcome to another episode of the New School of Thinking podcast. Today we have Dean and Ren interviewing a special guest. Her name is Jyothi from Her Space and Jyothi Creative Wellness. Let's uh, sit back and listen to her story and what impact she has made. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode on the New School of Thinking podcast with our season two um, on impact, impact series. And we've got a wonderful guest that uh, is sharing sharing her time with us today and moreover her space. So we have our wonderful Jyothi uh, with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I am grateful for these spaces to share. Amazing. So as uh, my no pun intended introduction, tell us more about her space. Tell us more about uh, Jyothi. Jyothi and who she is and uh, why her space. Mm. I've been on a journey of um, healing and emerging as a powerful woman. Um, And in that i felt kind of lonely um and wanted to meet other women that were and are doing the work the self-work the real deep work and and learn um learn from them be inspired and motivated and and learn new ways of of uh of self-love and in that i i created her space so it's a safe grounded space um where women can gather and meaningfully connect and continue to do the self-work but do it together so um, introducing new tools and modalities of wellness whether it's creativity or dance and movement um, sharing mindfulness and really uh, doing it together so not feeling alone in it and um, in that connection I feel like you know we're humans right we, we just naturally need that human connection and um, and and bringing back that interpersonal connection because I feel like social media and a lot of these online wellness courses are booming and I and I and I congratulate those that are, are courageous enough to do that I feel like I want to bring it back to community and back to personal interpersonal connection you've definitely touched upon wellness you know wellness Mm -hmm. is that so that's the industry that her space would kind of fall in yeah that seems like a really big sack of potatoes that you're you know you're carrying it on your back alone or is it it was it like a a collective decision and initiative or how did that journey take place where you as someone, an individual, a part of a community, bringing this kind of light and vision together. How did, how does that look like? And I think it's a lot. You know how you, you just differentiated. You know, there's individuals that are doing like the life coaching, the wellness, and things like that. But you've created a, a subcategory of no, it's a community, a community initiative. How was yeah. that painted? How did you go about that journey? Well, really interestingly enough, you know, 
I've been on my own, you know, wellness journey. So whether it's, you know, therapy and art therapy and music and dance, um, spiritual awakening and really, you know, digging deep within to heal those spaces that have been hurt, but also to rebuild and reclaim those spaces. And in reclaiming those spaces, it really became very apparent to me very quickly that I can't do it alone. And part of my journey is asking for help, you know, and inviting and receiving support. And that has always been a very tricky space for me to navigate because I was always the one who supported others. So in my own journey, it was like, okay, I want to build her space, but I can't do it alone. It's not, uh, it doesn't make sense to um, want a space for connection and um collective healing and collective building if I'm doing that alone like it doesn't align right so I really had to pause and ask myself the question you know what is it that I need and how do I reach out for support and and receive because it's one thing to reach out it's another thing to be open to receiving so I'm learning that as I go and I've created a team a her space team and you know really now defining what that looks like what a team looks like what it is i um need want and even desire from each of these members and navigating the space of asking and also working out some of the differences and maybe communicating like how to communicate that and again that all falls into the wellness I feel it 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 really you know wellness isn't just the therapies and the, the, the the modalities that we know of it's really about healthy boundaries um being clear in in asking and using our words um our ex- uh, adjusting our expectations, having intention, and what impact does that intention have? So really, you know, learning my learning about myself in those spaces. It's been a wonderful journey, and and understanding that it's going to take time, uh, and being patient, and that's a big one for me too. Because of course, you know, I want it all to happen overnight. But I I understand that this is a journey, just like my own self care and self love journey has taken most of my life. Her space will unfold as it does in its due time. Yeah. So I had a question about uh, for people not familiar with what wellness is, do you have a more of a a definition or like a general definition that can kind of explain it to the listeners that may not be familiar with uh, wellness is? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like we all know, we instinctive, instinctively know deep within ourselves what it is that we need to feel to feel good, you know? And, you know, there's a lot of talk about the physical, right? How we can feed our bodies the nutrients that it needs, how to best break our bodies, to support our bodies to best break down those nutrients and absorb them, how to physically be active and strengthen our muscles and bones and whatnot. And, it, you know, that, that I feel like there's lots out there. I think the wellness that I'm speaking of is 
the heart, the spirit, the mind, you know, how do we emotionally and mentally and spiritually feed ourselves? What is it that we do to bring joy, balance and peace into our lives? And, you know, we all you're not human if you haven't had some form of adversity in your life. So I feel like in this fast paced society, adversity comes and goes and we are like things are happening so quickly that I just don't feel like we're stopping and taking those mindful that mindful time to process some of the stuff we're seeing and, and experiencing, uh, to unpack it and really look at it and how we show up in those times. And then what did we learn? You know, how can we um, be our best selves when we uh, live our lives and, and when we approach relationships and when, when we approach our work. And, you know, quite often when we're bringing our, the fullness of who we are, productivity is, is, is improved, relationships are improved, just your general quality of life is improved. And that's where wellness sits at the core of quality of life. What kind of quality of life do you want? And who are you? You know, a lot of us hide behind identities of work and motherhood and being a, a partner to someone else. Um, and those are definitely a part of who we are. But I feel like wellness, again, gets to the core of who we are because we're all here for a purpose and we all bring something very unique to this planet. So, yeah, wellness taps into that. So when you speak on those lines... Um... I feel like there was a lot of self-awareness like your journey just it didn't happen overnight at least I, I don't want to underestimate it as it did of like this alignment or this acknowledgement of um, the importance of wellness for yourself as an individual how long has this journey been because I think it needs to be realistic I think a lot of us have um, seen or heard or you know, I, I like that uh, Dean posed that question of how do you in, do you even define what wellness is and spiritual well-being? Like we've heard of these terminologies, you know, especially with this with the world of social media, everyone's sharing a quote these days of you know align yourself with your vision or manifestation, this, that, and the other. But what is that the truth behind it? Like, can you share that timeline for us of? who Jyothi was, um, you know, X amount of years ago, what was that pivotal moment or one of the many pivotal moments that you've had to now come? Like I hear, I hear so much synergy between who you are as an individual to what you are using to impact those as a collective. So mm-hmm. paint us that timeline and make it realistic for us if you can. Yeah. And, and sorry, just to add to that, how long has, uh, while you're, when you're going into that, can you also tell us how long her space has been around for? Like, when was that year, mm-hmm. that pivotal moment where you decide to start this up? Okay. Well, you know, I grew up in, a, in adversity, as most of us have. Um, there's a story there, and I'm healing from that. But in that, I, 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 was, I was floating, you know? I feel like I was... I was in this sort of bubble of numbness and not really living and participating in my life for a good portion of my young adulthood into my 20s. Um, I found love. That definitely opened a little space, you know, of, of 
of vulnerability for me and showing up. Um, and really, you know, two, I can I can think of two big pivotal moments that happened after that, um, the birth of my children, you know, and I feel like, you know, when we procreate and bring others into this world, there really is an awakening that happens. You know, it's, it's not just about us anymore. It's about creating a world and a space and a home and a life for our children and, le- and a le- leaving a legacy. So legacy building really became came to the forefront like who am i and what am i leaving for my children you know so that became very important and then um the death of my father so it was very shortly after my children's birth um about 10 years ago actually this year 2010 my dad passed and that is where I was like, okay, you know, my dad really opened my eyes to the fact that life is far too short. And, you know, to be completely transparent, my dad was an alcoholic. And when he got sick, you know, so all I remember my dad being this this man who was high functioning, right? He had his own business for 25 plus years, successful, really, really hardworking man but his, the bottle was his friend. And so that was what sort of covered up some of those deeper, darker spaces within him. But when he got sick, he obviously had to get rid of the bottle. He, his friend had to go and he was stripped to a, a space of, you know, he told me one day, I, don't, I look in the mirror and I don't know who I am. And that for me was like, okay, enough floating enough sort of just doing the basics it's time to look at myself and how i'm living my life and how i'm showing up and so that was a catalyst for a whole um shift um within myself uh you know losing someone can do that right it can really put things into perspective um and when my dad passed for the next five years we lost um five members of our family close members right so it was really one death after the next so every time we lose someone we care about and love it there's a shift and um and then i did a spiritual um a sacred leadership training in 2017 um that again sort of brought me back to center and who it is what is feeding my spirit awakening my spirit and nurturing my spirit and what that looks like so those are like the key you know i feel like motherhood um loss and 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 grief and then you know the spiritual awakening those three uh moments were so pivotal in um in really pushing me like I was already on a on a path of, of self-discovery but I feel like these three um the happenings in my life really pushed me um created the momentum that I needed and opened me up supported my growth supported my my journey um and then her space came from that I feel like her space was birthed from this space of knowing which was last year so her space is very new it's like a new baby and really birthing this space for myself 
in a, in a knowing, right? So I've come through a few things. I've worked on self and I've really um, developed this knowing and understanding of who I am and what it is I need and want. And in, and in, and in um, living out there and doing the work, because I've been doing the, the, the wellness work for, I'd say about five years. But the her space and the women's wellness work has started last year, and that's where I, I feel like I'm ready now to come out and and um, create the community that that uh, is needed out there. Wow! No, thank you for for sharing that, and I think that definitely paints um, like a reality check picture that a lot of uh, a lot of us may have faced, but didn't know how to understand it when we experience that and I'm glad that you mentioned the kind of tools and you know circles that you put yourself into and that also takes a lot of decision making as well like what was it like when you because I think I've seen you grow with the within the last four or five years of however long our friendship was because when we first met it was actually at a um, a woman centric um, entrepreneurial boot camp thing, mm-hmm. and I remember that seat that was available right beside it, you, and it, it was just in the room was it right was next just to instant. Me. It was an instant connection, and there's something very spiritual about you and your energy in itself. And obviously, that took a lot of work, but I think it's definitely your vulnerability that opens you up and makes you much more stronger as a, as a spirit. So when you came across that spiritual. Um, spiritual leadership circle that you had mentioned how was it like making that decision because it wasn't just a one-day thing or a one-day event it was one year (laughs) and that takes a lot who was around you to make that decision how did you kind of trust yourself to be open opening up to a group of strangers along this path of you're already facing a lot of adversity going through it on your own alongside those around you but now you're you're putting yourself out there even further of um really like being challenged with the emotions involved in this path yeah um i heard about this through a friend of mine in 2015 actually and uh she had she was doing it and she was telling me all about it and for years and years and years i've been yearning for a sense of community and sisterhood Um, i come from a family full of women and interestingly enough um we're none of us are really connected on on a level that um i would love to have and you know it just it's life and it's just you know it's i feel like culturally too you know I don't want to speak for everyone in my culture, but I, I speak for my family in terms of the women in my family. We're taught to really be stoic, be strong, do our duty, do what we're supposed to do and move it right along. There's not a lot of, you know, vulnerability. There's not a lot of um, real talk. And let's get into some of the the stuff that's happened to us and let's heal together and so I really yearned for those spaces where I could just 
you know, cry it out and just be held and be loved through it. Because again, coming from a family of women, there's a lot of judgment and there's a lot of expectation and there's so much pressure to show up uh, without those those emotional breakdowns. And I would get in trouble actually quite often. Uh, I would always be called the crybaby and, and get in trouble for emotional, showing myself emotionally. So I really yearned for those spaces. And it's interesting because it got to a point where I was like crying all the time because I just felt so lonely in it, uh, in my in my process. And when my when my friend and she wasn't the, a good friend, she was just a sort of, you know, an acquaintance more than anything else, mentioned a few times here and there about sacred leadership training. She would talk about this loving space where she could fall and and land and be held, and I just thought, oh my gosh, I think that's the space I've been I've been praying for. So I would always keep my ear to the ground with that, and um, forgot about it for a little while. And then she told me the next cohort starts twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. You should apply. I did not even hesitate. It was like immediate. I went home that day and I applied immediately. I got an interview immediately and the interview was a it, uh, was a process in and of itself. And they don't just choose anybody. They really inquire with spirit, ancestors, lots of praying and meditating and breathing. And they have to actually turn a lot of people down. And so when they invited me in i was just thrilled and that and and you know what it was a very the process in and of itself uh of of spiritual leadership and training is not for the faint of heart it is it was a very eye-opening experience i was given a mirror and i was forced to look at myself and how i sabotage myself um, why I'm sabotaging myself and to really crack open those spaces that I've so well protected over the years. So they, and, and knowing that I'm doing it in a very safe and loving space um, allowed me to do that. So it was, it was such a beautiful process. And then that is where I really saw myself for the first time. I really was able to see who Jyoti is and Jyoti means spark or light in Sanskrit. So, you know, my my mentor and leader and teacher at the time, Reverend Ananiya Ayadello, said, listen, your name, you're named that for a reason. And that is, you have to embody that. You know, what does that mean to you? You know, and so that's really where I'm coming from now. And there's such a strong alignment with who you are as a person to what you're putting out there. And I know that journey wasn't the easiest and I don't, I mean, I wish I had another word for easy instead of that word in itself because it's never really easy and nothing is ever easy uh, until a lot of practice and awareness goes into it. Yes. But I'm going to have Dean ask a question because I think- So actually uh, my next question is, so you mentioned about breaking yourself breaking breaking yourself down and exposing the true your true self so when you you have your her space so i have actually a couple questions so did you purpose like do you just focus on women or do you offer help to males as well yeah good question Um, question. yep 
Oh, did you want to ask? And then, okay. Yeah, yeah, and I'll ask the second question. So maybe maybe they all tie in together. But yeah. my second question is, um, so breaking down people and like understanding, do they all commit like from your ex like experience? Have you seen like is it all the same? Like everyone suffers from the same kind of I guess identity issue. Like how do you cater these uh, these sessions or pop ups to be able to help each individual? Right, because it's really tough to kind of spend time with someone because it's not, it's like you mentioned, it's not a lot, a short process, it's a long process. So you have to work with each person individually to understand and cater some sort of workshop or pop up towards helping them, right? So, like, how do you organize that? And, like, how time consuming is that for you as a founder and being able to, like, work with all of these people plus run your regular life and all that stuff? Yeah. Great questions. Thank you. Um, okay, so for the first question, I do many different um, facilitations. So I do, her space is just a, a piece of what I do. I've been working in community for years now um, in terms of community wellness and bringing arts and creativity into spaces, um, mainly with with children and families and youth. Um, definitely. Uh, wanting to expand to, to men, women, parents, um, entrepreneurs, executives, you know, teachers, especially specifically those that are frontline working um, as caregivers, as healers, as educators and teachers. Um, but I've been working in community for a very long time um, and understand that, you know, as much as our youth and our children and our families need this kind of support, it's those caregivers and frontline workers that they go to, right? They go back to school, they go back home, they go back to those spaces where adults are really burnt out and really um, challenged to find that work-life balance and work on and be able to work on self. So I want to bring, and I am bringing what I do to, you know, corporate spaces and and, um, and and frontline workers out there. So, so yes, I do work with men, and I work with with everyone. Community, uh, there's no real limits to wellness, right? Everyone needs it. Um, as far as her space and being a little bit more individualized because everyone's very unique in the way they show up and what they're bringing to the table you know her space i like to look at her space or any sort of community wellness space that i facilitate as a, a maybe even a starting a, a stepping stone um and i like to think of myself as a connector so you know because i'm well connected to um, folks that are doing uh, professionals that are providing um, these different wellness modalities um, it's really important that I direct folks to those and connect people to those resources so not only am I bringing my own sort of unique way of facilitating through art and creativity if that's not something that I know you know a client needs or wants or is open to receiving you know i really think it's important that i meet them where they're at i'm not i don't want to you know pressure or put any expectation on anyone when they're seeking that support so it's it's about really getting to know my clients and and meeting them where they're at understanding um what their needs are and then connecting them to the correct people and resources and really um 
enabling them and empowering them. So, you know, although I, I say I bring arts and creative um, facilitation to spaces, I also, um, because being a spiritual leader, I also bring spirituality, um, grounded uh, mindfulness to spaces. So, you know, in that I can assess better where people are at. I'm able to hold space and really listen and in that listening and holding space, I can, I can decipher whether it's me that can can support this client or if it's someone else in my in my uh, plethora of resources that I have and, and redirect them to those those proper avenues. That's amazing. And how I mean, congratulations on her space. At least that's one year down and so many more to go. But I know this is Dean's question, and I'm going to steal it from him. If it weren't for her space, where would Jyothi be? What would Jyothi be doing? Oh, I would still be doing community, some sort of form of community wellness. I would, I will always continue to get out there and um, advocate, uh, be an advocate for those that you know. Because I, I always believe that growing up. I was very quiet and quite often silenced in those in that in those spaces. So I'm a strong advocate for those that perhaps don't have voice or find it very difficult or don't have the platforms or spaces to express themselves. So I will always be an advocate for for creativity, self-expression, sharing. and I, I'll always do community work. Um, you know, my, my dad's passing um, took me to a place of uh, called COPE, which is um, an organization out here that offers support, both personal and group support to people that are suffering in any way. And I, I joined their bereavement group. And I only went to, I think, six sessions. But, you know, in that, that time of support, I realized that community is so important when you're when you're when you're suffering and you're challenged and I know when it comes to mental health there are so many people that are doing it alone that are that are isolated and lonely and you know it's just really important to reach out and to be available and accessible and um yeah I'll always push for that I'll always be out there doing the work and and meeting the people and where they're at and and advocating. So, how, like, uh, this is more of, I guess, more, uh, more of an organizational question. Like, in yeah. terms of, like, you're you're doing all of this for the community. So it seems like you have like a bunch of children, right, or a bunch of students or whatnot. Yeah. Like, how does that, like, how do you balance both, like, being a mother, running a family, and having to run another family? Let's just say, right. Uh, these. Uh, these uh, students is that the best yeah. way to say I guess maybe yeah students clients family I love the idea of of my work being in my other family right um, listen it's not easy I have definitely it's learning um, to balance it's it's a big learning for me because when I go in I go all in 
But what's interesting is, you know, my children are now 12 and 10, and they're at an age where they'll call me out, you know, they'll let me know, they'll hold me accountable. Mommy, you know, can you can you give us some time or been on your computer, you're working, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so really listening to the cues, making, carving out the time, right? So very intentionally and consciously carving out the time for self. So I need that time of, of of being by myself it's so interesting because I've come full circle I, I was I started off doing a lot of the self-work and feeling lonely um, putting myself out there in community having a family of my own now I'm coming to a space where I need to carve out time for myself and and have that and, and it's not always just self-work it's carving out time for joy it's carving out time for laughter and fun, um, carving out time for sisterhood and, and getting together with the girls, carving out time for, for my partner and I and intimacy and love and romance um, and adults, you know, adulting with other couples, uh, carving out time with my children. So it's really being disciplined about uh, where those times and blocks are going to be and planning, you know, and I know that sometimes I, again, I'm learning, right? So sometimes I can over plan. I'm up. I, I can, I can, every minute is accounted for. So understanding that there's an ebb and flow and that things are not going to work out the way they do or the way they were planned and being prepared to get up and go being prepared to change and shift because that's really what life is about. It's about sort of rolling with it and being okay because there were times where I'd get really, you know, sort of tense about things. Oh, we, you know, I planned this whole day for the family and it didn't work out. You know, snow is coming today. A lot of things fell by the wayside. So it's like, okay, that's okay. What are we gonna do instead, you know? and being mindful that things will change. Um, being mindful, being, being really tapped in is important because I can tell with myself and the edge that starts to appear in my voice, in my actions, in the way I um, show up, I can tell when I'm feeling tapped out. So it's really important that I'm connected and I'm connected to self. So I'm always checking in, right? That's a big one. So carving out space for the things that I love and bring me joy. Um, so that's balance. And I, you know, my work does bring me joy, but it, it's about balancing all of those balls, juggling all those balls, but also checking in with self, checking in with my body. You know, if my body is, t is tired and I need rest, uh, pushing through and continuing to work and show up is is not only detrimental to myself because I'll get sick or injured, but it's detrimental to the community I serve. It's detrimental to my family. So, you know, I'm not showing up 100% to anything I do if I'm not showing up for myself to refill my cup. So check-ins are huge. I check in with myself every day. And beginning my day with a with a discipline and ending my day with a discipline really helps to to start from a grounded place and to end from a grounded place. And that discipline could be gratitude, could be you know reflection of the day, um, processing a few things that happened, um, maybe even setting some intentions for the next day. But really, you know, breath work. It's really important that I 
I start from that place and end from that place. But doing those mindful things every day creates that balance. And and um, I don't always do it. And I know when I don't always do it, I feel it, you know? And so it's really about being aware, self-aware and, and listening to our bodies. Our bodies will tell us everything that we need to know at any given moment. And if we are still long enough and just take those moments we will be able to hear that um but it's about being still and being and being mindful and being aware no oh, that's it that's amazing and you know i'd love to shine some light i know you uh host sessions on tuesday nights amazing topics and amazing is an understatement only because it's those uncomfortable conversations and relationships that you're diving uh, deeply into, discovering tips, tricks, but also acknowledging the relationship for what it is, acknowledging different personalities. And I would encourage a lot of folks to um, tune into that, that that Tuesday evenings at 9 p.m. on her space. But Jyoti, please tell us where folks can find you, where you located, what's yeah. coming up for February and beyond as we are in the midst of February as a part of our impact series. This is not going to be the the last conversation as we share a lot, especially when I when I think about the conversations that we have with uh, impact influencers. The, the conversation is never ending because there's just so much of the reality that we have to tap into and and topics to cover cover that it becomes an ongoing conversation so how can those find you where can those find you and be part of your family outside of your actual nuclear family please tell us uh tell us more about that yes um everyone can find me on my website it's www.jothi.ca that's j-o-t-h-i.ca um, and everything you need to know about me and what's coming up is on there. I do have an online community uh, on Instagram. Uh, it's at herspace underscore one. Uh, and we gather Tuesday evenings at 9 p.m. talking about all things wellness um, and, and women's wellness specifically. And how, uh, you know, how wellness impacts us or does it doesn't show up or how it shows up. Um, I also have a Facebook pay, uh, group called Herspace uh, and then Jyothi Creative on both Instagram and, and uh, Facebook. And then in February, every bi-monthly, um, I really think, again, it's important to, to bring community together in person. Um, so I facilitate her space uh, sessions bi-monthly uh, on Wednesday evenings from 6.45 to 9 in Whitby at uh, Women's Health and Physio Center. Um, and again, we're, we're looking at self-love, self-care, and, and the different modalities I can introduce to women. Um, and and it, it's a great way to explore what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and all while making meaningful connections with other women. So that happens on Wednesday evenings. We're, gonna, uh, we're doing our self-love sessions, I call them, in February, every Wednesday evening. And then in March, we have some exciting news coming. Uh, we have an International Women's Day March on March 8th. Uh, we're going to be marching, uh, literally marching on the streets with with families, everyone is welcome, men, women, children. Um, we're gonna be marching in celebration of all women and uh, in solidarity with those that are 
uh, still in the trenches, who are are fighting, who have fought, who have survived and come through. We are celebrating all women and um, it will end in a fundraiser that it will be supporting the Durham Rape Crisis Center out in Oshawa and uh, really um, honoring, honoring the survivors, honoring those that are still in it. Um, I really believe that it's we're in a world where there's a lot of, uh, we're kind of, you know, things are, are unstable and there's a lot of bad news that's coming down, down the pipeline every time we, we open up our computers or turn on the TV. Um, it's really important that we, we celebrate and we honor each other. So this International Women's Day is gonna be extra special. I'm working with uh, four other organizations out here in Durham region to make it happen. So I'm really excited about that. So save the date, Sunday, March 8th from one to four. More details to come on that. And uh, continue to tap in, continue to connect with me, you know, reach out info at jothi.ca and just let me know what it is who you are introduce yourselves let's meet i'd love to connect and um explore further with 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 folks out there and as mentioned thank you so much for sharing that and uh this is not going to be the last time that our listeners uh hear hear us having this having conversations so i'm excited for the future the future sessions that we host and i hope we can definitely have you back um as mentioned the march 8th march um save it in your calendars and we can't You're wait welcome. to see how that unfolds and uh you're definitely on a journey that's more beyond yourself and i you're like a superhero at this point that's the kind of image that comes to mind because it is that large pack like sack of potatoes that you got on your back and you're just trekking through and um We'll definitely share your information, your contact information within our description. But without further ado, thank you so much, Jyoti, for your time, your knowledge, your experience, and especially that vulnerability to create uh, create space for, for her. So thank you again, mm-hmm. and thanks for listening, folks. Until the next time on The New School of Thinking, this is Ren, Dean, and Jyoti tuning out. And there you have it, another episode in the books. Um, we have all of Jothi's information, contact information below in the description of this podcast. Um, but if you do, if you do want to contact her, you can visit jothi.ca or info at jothi.ca. You can email her there. That's info at jothi.ca. Um, we have her Instagram uh, handles below, as well as her Facebook handles. So again, thank you for listening. And as always, you know comment like share and uh stay tuned for next for the next episode